0: Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee podcast with me,
1: Kelly Peters and me, Regina Lally. This week we have a mix of stories to talk about. We will continue from last week's podcast talking about the impact of a data breach on individuals and also look at the latest action from activist Max Schrems and his NOYB organisation. And then finally, we'll touch on the latest news from the Information Commissioner's office. Packed session. It really will be, so no time to delay. (laughs) <laughs> Kelly, you were on holiday last week, so I was. Um, I think you did listen into the podcast that uh, me and Neil had a chat about. So I did we'll indeed have been aware of the discussions we had around the information that a council left online that gave details of where vulnerable women were being mm-hmm. housed. And this week, we've picked up on a story that impacts just one individual, but a mistake by a different public authority, the courts, who have instead of communicating with a woman who was trying, you know, going through the process and making sure that a restraining order was in place from her husband, who she was estranged from because he was abusive. The court sent a letter meant for her to him instead, so revealing her new location and therefore, again, put her in at very real risk. Her husband had been violent due to alcohol and drug abuse. He found it funny when he was attacking her and she was very scared for her life. And this, you uh-huh. know, four years she's escaped from him and now because of this, what some people might just consider to be an admin error, is now having to uproot her life. She's been living with a friend and because he now knows where she is, she has to uproot her life, move her job, change her car probably again, in order to escape and protect her own life. And this is a massive impact on one individual because of information that hasn't been used properly and sent to the right person. And I don't think you can underestimate the the impact That this has and it's not the first time it's happened you know we in the past we've talked about i think kent police did something similar and were Mm. fined by the ico for it and the court is also based in kent so it's just it's so avoidable with good checking practices and and being aware of what the impact of what you're doing can actually have on individuals rather than seeing it as oops it's gone to the wrong person
0: Yeah, I mean, and I know that court system as a whole in this country is under massive strain at the moment. However, do you think that it takes a moment, just a mere moment to check something before you send it, especially where you're talking about this type of case where, you know, you could this woman could really be put at harm again because of the details that have been shared. So it just really resonates that that type of breach and one individual, When we've always said it's not about the volume, it's about the impact. And, And this has a real impact of being not just emotional distress, but real physical harm. So for me, it resonated. There's a massive investigation that's going to go on into this. And I would say to anyone that's listening, you know, do take that moment before you send an email, before you send a letter, really make sure that the details are correct and you know that you're sending it to the right person because I wouldn't want to be the person that's made that mistake that could have led to that level of distress or harm.
1: Absolutely, I think that's some really good points there and having those processes in place will help to make sure those sort of simple errors don't happen.
0: Yeah. And moving on from that, which is a really tough subject, and it's you know it's quite deep for the first topic that we were going to cover, is one that's I- important to resonate. We're going on to one which is more from an activist perspective and um, someone that's really trying to raise the profile of how data is being misused behind the scenes uh, on the Internet. So. For anyone that's listened, you know we would have talked about Max Shrem's in the past. We talked about the decision last year to nullify the uh, privacy shield. That was Max Schrems. He's on mm-hmm. a real mission this year to um, identify websites that are non-compliant when it comes to the use of cookies. Right. And he, his mission is to um, identify 10,000 websites this year. Wow. It's a mass, yeah, it's a massive endeavor with his organization, um, NOYB. He has contacted 500 companies. Some of them include the likes of Seat and Nikon, the, the camera producers, and said, your cookie compliance isn't compliant with GDPR, you need to change it. And if you don't, I'm going to send a complaint to the respective European uh, supervisory authority. Some people have made actual changes, they've listened to what he said, realised that their tracking activity that's going on, which is then leading to our data being sold to multiple third parties that we're not aware of, have made changes and simple changes like having on the, the cookie banner being prominent, giving individuals real choice to reject, really question whether or not you can rely on legitimate interest and a lot of them have really changed and moved directly to the consent model which Good. in our opinion is the only option legitimate interest mm-hmm. makes no sense but he has now sent so of the 500 companies he sent 422 complaints to different organizations
1: so That then means it was just 80 organisations that actually did anything about it. Yeah. Wow.
0: He's not shying away from this. He's been very clear that, you know, he really wants the, the... supervisory authorities to enforce the gdpr he wants individuals to have real choice about how their data is being used and you might think oh it's only the big companies but he's scanning websites large and small so uh, for me i think it's the he's doing this there have been a lot of notifications there was one today and one yesterday in spain and in france where the authorities are really coming down hard on cookie use now this country is a little bit lagging behind at the moment of that but if you have european individuals accessing your website you need to be aware that you could be subject to a complaint outside of the ico so you know, take it seriously. Understand how your website uses cookies. Are you using tr- tracking cookies? You know, are you using pixels? Have you got sophisticated web tracking ads where you can find where people are going and is that time data then being sold? So I think cookie complaints are on the rise. I don't see it slowing down. And I think mm. if Max Shrooms is behind this, more will happen.
1: For sure. It, to be honest, he's not going. Not had far to look, and if he wants no. to find 10,000 websites, I'm fairly confident that's easy to do when you think, you know, on our daily sort of surfing, the number that sometimes just give up because I don't yeah. want to go through the hassle and I don't want my, my data being used in that right. way, I don't need to read an article that much because news outlets are the worst, oh, to be honest. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've seen law firms who are giving guidance on data protection. And their cookie banner says, by using this website, you agree to our use of cookies. And you're like, but that's not compliant. Why are you doing that? It's sort of a real sort of juxtaposition in what you're advising on and then what you're practicing. And that's really frustrating. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes from this and how much change it actually brings about, because I think there's a risk, actually, that a lot of business owners or marketing teams in bigger companies where, you know, maybe the business owners and executive team don't have full oversight of it, don't fully understand necessity actually comply and what they need to comply with and also don't necessarily understand what's being used on their website to help them track and monitor individuals and if they're not fully aware of it they're probably not using it properly and they're not in control of it so i think there's real risks of organizations getting burned by this if they don't undertake a bit of investigation into how cookies are used on their website and make sure they're used in a way that they're comfortable with
0: absolutely and um, i would say if this is now hitting the press there will be local activists that are seeing this as an opportunity to contact companies to say you've got a non-compliant cookie banner i feel that my data is being misused and then we'll put in complaints and they will definitely go to the ICO and we have seen those because we've helped clients with those complaints so it's be mindful that whilst you might think it's never going to happen to me there are a lot of local activists that may well see this as a, a way to raise a point with you. So do take it seriously. And I know that there are some businesses that have made the decision that they don't want to use cookies
1: on mm. their website for you know this very reason. But make sure that's clear on your website as well. I actually have something that says we don't use cookies because people are informed and then are not going to make an inquiry to say what are you using on us. Yeah. Obviously it's a simple one to say we're not using anything. But if you can put that and be clear about it, then people will know and and you'll be very clear and transparent about the fact you're not collecting any data about them.
0: Absolutely. So as you can see, that's our second story. The other one which I think is just going to have an impact on UK companies, well not just, but every UK company really should be watching out for this, is that the ICO this week have launched its eight-week consultation on international data transfers. So you will know that we left the European Union at the beginning of the year. At the moment we are have adopted the European standard contract clauses to enable uh, data to continue to transfer outside of the UK to other countries other than Europe because we've got an adequacy agreement with them now. But the reality is, is that our information commissioner needs to make a decision about the mechanism that she's going to facilitate that transfer of data where there isn't an adequacy decision and these are going to be known as international data transfer agreement, which is slightly mm-hmm. different from standard contract clauses. The probably the legalese is probably not too dissimilar. However, your documentation, once these get approved, will absolutely need to be updated. So there's an eight-week consultation. It will be a, a link on our podcast. Please do pay attention uh, to this because there will be work that you will have to do on this once the consultation is closed then there will be a consideration period in terms of what's the feedback actually been. And once that's been formalized, these will then be laid down in UK law. So it's something that we do need to keep an eye out. There will be um, a risk assessment for international data transfers, which is really exciting because it allows you to determine the risk of your data transfer and whether or not it should be transferred at all. So it's been a long time in coming. I know it's only August, but we did (laughs) leave the European Union in January. But I would expect that these to come into force early 2022 so yeah it's a massive document to read but do read it
1: Excellent. And I think it's important that, you know, you can have your say and indicate where things are going to work or where you may foresee difficulties because, you know, your business, your industry better than the ICO do. They will know data, legislation and that side of it. And they'll be suggesting what they feel can work. But I think it's important you can then have your say. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to actually see that they've now given or looking to give guidance around how you can assess international data transfers. I think that's something that companies sort of have struggled with, being able to actually have something that they can document and say, this is what we thought through, process, and fully understand the risks of what it is they're transferring to the countries they're transferring it to, I think will be um, sort of a welcome addition to the, the guidance that's provided.
0: Absolutely. You know, and the commissioner is required to do this under the the regulation to go out to consultation. So do, like you said, Regina, I agree, um, 100% read it. We'll do more on it. We'll do, you know, more uh, webinars and more data information that will be published. But have your say. Eight weeks is not a lot of time. You know, I know we're in the summer. You might not be around at the moment, but when you get back... You know spend some time taking a look at it because it will absolutely have an impact on, on your contracts so yeah so it's been quite an interesting week in terms of stories and guidance and we we've run out of time.
1: Wow, that has uh, flown by and that's always what happens when we try and squeeze more than the the standard two stories in. Um, (laughs) But I hope uh, you've all found it interesting to listen to and we've certainly enjoyed another really good discussion this week. If you've got any thoughts or topics you'd like us to talk about in future episodes, please do get in touch with us on coffee at dbxuk.com. And next week, we've got a special guest joining us to uh, add to uh, the conversation and get a slightly different viewpoint. So listen in to find out more.